The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to the Pirate Radio Podcast, featuring special guests discussing a wide range of topics and personal stories. The Pirate Radio Podcast is presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Nothing tastes quite like it. Visit WhiteClaw.com today. White Claw Hard Seltzer, proudly distributed by Coastal Beverage. Please drink responsibly. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studio, here's Shirley Rhodes. Hello and welcome in to another episode of the Pirate Radio Podcast featuring Lee Dreyfus. The Pirate Radio Podcast is brought to you by White Claw Hard Seltzer. On today's podcast, Troy D. will sit down with his dad, Lee D., to have a great discussion on some of the great sports memories that they've had over the years. You can sit back and relax. Today's Pirate Radio Podcast presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer with Lee D. starts right now. And welcome in to a very special edition of the pirate radio podcast good to have you with us today as uh we've got a very special guest we might know him as lee d i know him as dad i've had him on the station many times this is our first podcast with lee dreyfus who is joining me in studio dad first of all welcome to the podcast good to have you with us today well thank you uh, new studio Things have changed down here. Yeah, so. we're trying to step up the game a little bit. Uh, look, this is kind of a, a unique deal. People may have read the book uh, Tuesdays with Maury. They might be familiar with that. This is more like sports experiences with Lee D is what this is going to be. I was thinking back about this, and I started thinking about, you know, we, we, we're in a sports business, a sports radio business. And I was thinking about all, like, how did I end up in this business? I started thinking about the stuff we did together. And it's unbelievable when I started to, like, list all the stuff that we've been a part of and that I've had a chance to go to a Super Bowl, NCAA Final Four National Championship. I've run the Olympic Torch, a New Year's Day Bowl game, a Stanley Cup Final. All stuff not only I've been able to do, but I've done with you, which is very unique. How many people can say they've got to do all those things with their dad? Yeah, it was certainly fun and always as any father would know uh always a a fulfilling experience to do it with a child before we talk about there's some funny stories with some of this stuff i want to let's get to know lee d a little bit you grew up in chicago for folks that uh, don't know you're a uh, University of Illinois alum. We assume you're alum. Did you graduate? Yes, I never I seen did, a diploma. I did, I did graduate. I actually hang my diploma in my office. I don't know if I ever saw your diploma. Um, uh, I, 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 I did. I did find it in the move. <laughs> what did you graduate I, in? Public accounting or something? Uh, in accounting. All yes. right. All right. Accounting degree. So you're a part of the Fighting Illini Nation. I guess you can still say that in this day and age. Are they still fighting Illini? Who well, knows? they are. Right. I think they're, you know, they're projected to be a number one seed in yeah. the NCAA I was talking about their nickname, but let's not get, oh, uh, okay. let's not worry about political correctness <laughs> right now. That's nothing you've ever been known for. <laughs> All right. Um, so anyway, so you, you're an Illinois guy. You moved to Raleigh in the early 70s with your family, correct? That is correct. All right. And why, why the move out of Chicago? Uh, we we were in business. Uh, I, I, I was a CPA. I passed CPA, practiced as a CPA, hated it. Went into business uh, with a high school 
classmate of mine, Steve Shapiro, which we uh, had a questionable past. Our mother, your grandmother, my mother had a meltdown because I think I turned down a junior partnership in a CPA firm to go to into business with a bankrupt uh, manufacturing firm of truck gears. And we just made a number of right moves, sold sold the uh, manufacturing process, product, uh, company in the early 70s, uh, stayed a couple more years, and then we wanted to get, uh, your mother and I wanted to get out of Chicago. All right, got tired of the cold, uh, so we decided you decided to move to Raleigh. Um, who was You had a lot of connections in Chicago. One of your best friends ended up being the right-hand man to Jerry, Jerry Reinsdorf, who owns the Chicago Bulls, and uh, also the Chicago White Sox, and he's your right. best friend, right? Uh, he he was be uh, used before, to be, yeah. yeah well, rest he, in peace, yeah. Yes, yeah. uh, Steve uh, Steve Shapiro. No, no, no. I always uh, get these guys my mixed part, up. Uh, Jerry Jer- Penner. Jerry Penner. Jerry Penner was the guy. Uh, so you and Penner are best friends, but he was Reinsdorf's right hand man, correct? Absolutely. What did he think about Reinsdorf? Uh, you know, he never said. I, I I know he fought with with Reinsdorf like cats and dogs. Uh, he 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 never he never said any about him. I mean, Reinsdorf treated him great. Probably. For Reinsdorf, I think treated him fine. Uh, he Reinsdorf formed this thing, you know, with it just. Yeah, I don't know how to say it. He just didn't. Reinsdorf came from a, a law firm. He just formed a group that took over the White Sox, and then. The all right, Bulls. so he did most of his legal contracts and all that stuff. So, like the yeah. deal with Michael Jordan, your best friend kind of wrote the contract for. Oh, I, I'm sure he had something to do with it. Yeah. All right, that's kind of cool. We ended up. In fact, this wasn't even on my list, but we ended up going to. Uh, we we were in uh, Reinsdorf skybox for a Chicago White Sox game. That, that is that is correct. Why'd you ever hook us up with uh, the one thing we never did was go to an NBA Finals. Why didn't you get us NBA Finals tickets when the well, Bulls were rolling you, in the eighties? You, you, you didn't ask. Oh I, man, I, that's all I had I, to do. I didn't go. Yeah, uh, we should have done that. All right, let's talk. Let's go back and talk about some of the great sports moments, Dad. Before we talk about the cool things we attended together, let's talk about my great athletic career that you got to witness in Raleigh. In fact. Not only did we do stuff together, you were my coach at one time. You remember coaching soccer for Castle oh, I in remember. Raleigh, uh, the Vikings? I remember coaching soccer. We, we, we had a very good team. How do you think you were as a coach? Oh, horrible. Uh, <laughs> but I, I had somebody that played center forward for South Carolina, as it turned out, when he went to college. Clark Person. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I and I learned early on uh, that was one of the secrets of being a successful coach. Key to good coaching is great players, ain't it, Dad? Absolutely. Yeah. How was the young Troy D on the soccer team? Uh, you were okay. Your attention span like in many things uh was was let's say lacking uh but you you were you were fine yeah i also learned a valuable lesson surround yourself with talented people well that's the next one it's an excellent point all right so that was the we we won many city championships with the vikings seriously that was my first sports i don't know if it was a city championship it was well we were the yeah we were the city champions we were we finished number one in the league yeah yeah, that's true. It was. I, do I have to show you my trophies that say <laughs> champions, 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 Dad? <laughs> For about seven years in a row. Well, how quickly well, we, we get? <laughs> we went out and bought trophies anyway. But uh. all right. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, 
I also played. T- I, I remember growing up. Every weekend we'd play tennis together. You remember those days? We played a lot of tennis. Uh, Troy played. I, I, and you played. Let me tell you, you weren't the typical dad. Oh, let your kid win. You played as hard as you could play against oh, me. Yeah. And it, it took me till I was about sixteen to where I could finally beat you. Sometimes. Yeah. It uh, wasn't often, <laughs> but every once in a while I get you. But, 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 but in the end, I could not watch Troy play tennis because Troy had picture-perfect tennis strokes, but the problem was once the ball went over the net three different times, Troy had to hit a winner no matter what the circumstances were. And eventually I just had to stop watching because it was so frustrating. I want to go ahead and win the point. <laughs> yeah, and 50% of the time I would. <laughs> it was the 50% of the time I won it was what upset you. All right, so those were, uh, we had some good times uh, playing sports back then. My first memory, once again, if you're just tuning in, this is a very special special edition of the Pirate Radio Podcast with my dad, Lee D., who is in studio. I remember growing up as a young kid in the 70s, and my very first sports memory, I think, of going to a game, I, it goes back to, believe it or not, Duke University. I remember you you took me to a basketball game for Duke, and I remember a guy, for whatever reason, this guy's name stuck in my memory, for, Jim Spinarkle. Remember him? Oh, sure. That yeah, was like quite. the first memory I have of like an actually attending a a, a sports event like a uh, major college basketball game. Do you remember going to some Duke games? Yeah. Your mother palled around with a uh, bunch of Duke contributors when we first moved down here. And uh, we obviously were able to get get. So you got some good get, seats from some friends. Well, yeah. That's yeah, kind of what I do now. <laughs> but Cam, Cameron was always a, a, t- a tough place to get. But that, and Duke in the 70s, late 70s, was a little bit different than they are now, too. Oh, I'm like sure. I don't even know if Coach K was had it was just starting or had started yet. Well, you I'm, know? Not, I'm not sure either. At yeah, might have predated yeah. him even. He could have been. Yeah. All right. So that was my first memory with, with Duke. But uh, not only that, the, the the ACC used to do a tournament called the Big Four. Remember that? In Greensboro? Yeah. At the beginning we, beginning of the year. Beginning of the year, I believe it was UNC, Duke State, and Wake, and it was those four teams. And we'd go to that every year. In, it was like a mini ACC tournament, and every year we'd go to that. Remember? Yes. You know yeah. why they quit playing that? I wouldn't have the faintest idea. Dean Smith KO'd it. Oh, did he? He got okay. tired of saying, we play these teams enough in the regular season. Why are we beating ourselves up early on? But that was a great turn. That was a lot of fun. The big four early on in the 70s and 80s. Remember that? Yeah, I sure do. All right. I sure do. Uh, probably the biggest one you would remember in the first like major sporting event I was ever a part of was the 1982 National Championship. That was in New Orleans. Uh, I was probably like, I don't know, maybe 10 or 11 years old. And you took me to the NCAA tournament. That was the year UNC beat Georgetown. It was James Worthy, Michael Jordan, Sam Perkins, Jimmy Black. It was probably probably UNC's most classic, greatest team they'll ever have. You you became a big UNC fan, so we, we went to that national championship that was a pretty fun time well uh, actually you became the unc fan yeah let's not spill all the details yeah. I, 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 I let you influence me when i was a kid we, we just we just sort of ran a, until, ran until i grew up and made decisions for my own and became we, a pirate. Went along but uh yeah that was uh that that, that turned out to be a, a great time we we were we were very lucky got uh, knew somebody that worked in a uh hotel uh one block from bourbon street 
and so so we were we were right there on Bourbon Street for all the action. Yeah, so I remember like being a kid. Like, I've been to New Orleans since, but I remember like being a kid at Bourbon Street, going, "Wow, is this what go?" Like you you took me down to Bourbon Street as a kid. I think it was oh, like like late at night, right? Yeah, it was different well, times back then. I guess we 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 came in. Uh, we had a fly into Baton Rouge. We came into New Orleans late. Uh, Troy and his sister both were with us, and uh, they slept. And it was two o'clock in the morning, and they had slept on the plane. They had slept on the ride from Baton Rouge. They wanted to go out on Bourbon Street. Heck yes! So we go out on Bourbon Street, and the first thing that happens is some drunk comes rolling down the street and lands at Troy's feet, and it's so <laughs> it, it so upset both the kids that they, we could we could that was the end of Bourbon Street for that, that night. Ups, upset who? Us or you guys? No, you. Oh come on. Oh, Oh, yeah. I think that prepared me for college. Those were formidable <laughs> yeah, well. years right there. So we're you're on we're on Bourbon Street late at night and a drunk is at my feet. That's correct. Yeah. After well it's Bourbon rolling Street. down the street. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but uh we had great seats. I remember Jordan hit the shot like right in front of us. Right. That was there, there, there was just there was the Superdome was not a particularly great venue for 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 basketball, right? Uh, but we had but, about but, as but good we, seats we as you surprising. Have. It yeah. was behind the basket, yeah. But the fact that Jordan hit the shot in and it was front straight on, yeah, that yeah. looked good. That was fun. All right, so that was the 1982 national championship we got to go to. Uh, in 1984, a lot of folks, if they listen to this station, they know that I was a part of this. Uh, ran I ran the Olympic torch for the 84 Olympics, which were held in Los Angeles. I only got to run the torch because you set it up for me. Yeah, uh, I remember leaving it, camp that year, and you picked me up from camp that summer. And said, "Hey, would you like to run the Olympic torch? I've got an opportunity where you can do it." I'm like, "Well, uh, AT and T had a charitable event going on, and I, I I contacted them, and they were going to run through all 48 states, and they had a projection they were going to come through Central North Carolina." Uh, so I said, "Well, that works for me." Mm-hmm. Uh, AT and T didn't quite tell the truth, and when the final map came out, they came through North Carolina at Murphy, which was probably walking distance from Atlanta. <laughs> if you don't and, know where Murphy is, go as far left in the state as you can in the mountains, and you'll be in, before you hit Tennessee, you'll be in Murphy. The uh, but we we but. We went out there. It was a great, a great experience. Troy ran the torch there, had hundreds of kids behind now, him. Now, this was probably, at the time, the biggest thing ever to happen in Murphy, North Carolina. I would think I, mean, I would think it so. Wasn't, it was hundreds of people running behind me. It was thousands of people on the street. And at this point, I'm like a 13-year-old kid, and they you got to run basically a mile with it. Yeah. And, and you you have the torch in your hand with the Olympic flame, and basically you're waiting for it to come down. It's like everybody gets a leg uh, to run a mile, and there were I think there were seven of us that were going to go through Murphy or whatever. And th- the person coming up to you literally lights your torch. You run your mile, and then you r- light the next person's torch. But I remember about a couple hours before this thing, I was scared to death. I don't think I ever told you this. I almost backed out. Because I was so afraid of like what happens if this like I catch on fire, I drop this thing. I started running every worst case scenario you could run with an Olympic torch, 
And I, I almost started giving myself like a freaking panic attack over it, worried about what's going to happen if I screw this thing up right with danger with the fire. But I got over it, and once it started, it was you know it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Oh, it, w- it was a great scene. The other crazy thing that happened that day, we when we got to Murphy, we tried to take some pictures, and it was with the old cameras uh, because there were no cell phones at that time. This is 1984. The cameras weren't great. Yeah, and all of a sudden we couldn't take the pictures, and we didn't realize. There was an eclipse of the sun that day that we had no knowledge of, and, and that that's why uh, none, none of the pictures were coming out. The other problem was it's not like today's day and age. Everybody's got a video and camera in their pocket. It was hard to capture, you know, video back then. You had to have right. like a really expensive. Most people didn't have a camcorder back then, in the in the early mid '80s. So we, well, I've got a few still photographs from this that proves it, but that's about it. Well, and you, you, know, and, and you still have a, you were able to keep the torch. Was able to keep the Olympic torch, one of the greatest mementos I have in my sports collection. How many people you know have an Olympic torch, Dad? Very few. Yeah, that's kind of cool. All right, so that was a lot of fun running the Olympic torch. Uh, then uh, we, we did some other regionals with, I remember traveling. You had us on the team plane with UNC basketball, like in the 85-year uh, I think they went to Birmingham, played to the regional. And I remember, like, back then you could actually fly with the team. You remember that? Uh, it, it varies. If there was available space, we were able to, we did able to fly with the team. In fact, you mentioned Birmingham. Uh, two things I remember about Birmingham. Number one, you met Dean Smith yep. in uh in an airport, yep. I don't know where we were. We we're in an airport hangar. Yeah, we were in a hangar, exactly. And the other thing is, I think we stayed with the Villanova team. Yes. And you didn't think they were going to go anywhere. And They, they won the national they championship. They won the that national year. championship yeah, that they, year. They were a great team. <laughs> uh, and I remember meeting Dean Smith, even back then, was like a mythical character. I mean, the dude was like a, a, a literally. Yeah. Like a living legend. Like a, And meeting him as a kid, it was like meeting, you know, so I was like, holy cow, I just met Dean Smith. But I'll never forget him sitting there smoking. I was stunned that he was a smoker because he kept that out of public view. But, uh, you know, he, he, he was definitely a hardcore smoker, but no one ever really knew that publicly. Then yeah. it just kind of blew my mind. I was like, oh, my God, I thought Dean Smith was perfect. Here he is smoking. <laughs> but anyway, that was that was cool meeting Dean Smith back then. Um 1985, this probably takes the cake as maybe perhaps one of the greatest sports moments ever. The greatest team in the history of the NFL, the Chicago Bears. The 85 Bears defense goes is legendary. Uh, not only did we get to watch the team, we got to attend the Super Bowl and see it in person. What a great memory. Yeah, uh, once again, uh, we got lucky. Uh, Congressman Jack Kemp. Well, I was going to ask you, don't give away all the secrets, because okay. a lot of big part of the, well, I guess the statute of limitations is up. You know, people, it's hard to get Super Bowl tickets. Even back then, in the mid-80s, oh. it was hard to get tickets. How does a, uh, a small-time guy out of Raleigh, North Carolina, named Lee D, get tickets to the Super Bowl? Well, I, I just happened to know a, a pretty good-sized contributor to the Republican Party, mm-hmm. and Jack Kemp who was a quarterback, I, I think, with Buffalo at yeah. one time, was also a Republican congressman at that time. And uh, he called the office and... Uh, so you knew a guy that knew a guy, literally. That, that's right. And yeah. we, we met Jack 
Kemp people down in New Orleans. I, I was never 100% sure this thing was going to work. Uh, but they, they, were, they were as great as can be. And we had as good a seats in the Superdome as you could have had. Uh, Always resourceful, Lee D. Found a way to get it done. And this was just a trip me and you went on. The cool thing about this trip was, I this was like living in a movie when I look back at it now. Your be, one of your best friends from Chicago was in the button business and it was called hot lights and they were the buttons that lit up they had lights on them he got some contract with the nfl and created the hot light button for it with the nfl logo on it and that was the ticket to go into the private pregame party that nbc was throwing underneath the super like in the superdome but at the bottom of it right that had the NBC Sports Super Bowl logo. He tosses us to, we meet him in his hotel room. He's like, here, take a couple of these guys. This will get you in the NBC party, which is was the biggest party that day. In the, like, you remember doing that? Oh, yeah, we, we had that. And then, uh, once again, my, my brother was a partner at that time in Arthur Anderson, and Arthur Anderson across the street also threw a Super Bowl party. So we went over there and had lunch first, then went over to the Superdome and had the uh, the, the the big NFL party, uh, and noticed. Thank God, the thing with Jack Kemp's office work, there were no tickets for sale yeah. for that game. The the Bear fans had just flooded the town. There were zero tickets for sale at any price. Yeah, you couldn't find a single ticket. I remember being at that NBC pregame party as a fourteen year old, and it was all you could eat and drink. You know, whatever you want. And I remember being at some uh, incredible buffet, like food table, and I look up and across the table is Brian Gumble. Brian Gumble, who is, by the way, at the time, in the mid-80s, is the top of the game, is, is the top sports guy in the country. Announcer. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was, it was pretty fun. wild stuff. It was fun. Uh, we had to fly in and out of Jackson, so even after the game, we had to go, had to, had to go, drive back to Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, that's one of the things you just had to do because... You couldn't even get it, in and out of New Orleans it, back then. No, and yeah. it would have been two days later, and Troy was supposed to be in school. Uh, uh, school, not school. That, not that he's scared. School. You think I'd remember what class that was? This is school. a memory of a lifetime right here. <laughs> this was school. This was my second visit to New Orleans, and I wasn't even 16 yet. <laughs> that was a wild party too by the way even as a kid like we went to the team hotel back then you could do that it was the most one of the wildest scenes i've ever been a part of how packed the hotel was and just how crazy everybody was oh yeah i've been to a lot of parties since then dad and i'm telling you that was pretty up there (laughs) you remember those parties oh yeah the uh the the other thing that happened on on that trip is uh, we, we fly back out of Jackson uh, like 6 o'clock in the morning and go through Atlanta. And the uh, I think it was the old crown room there. And I don't know what Delta calls it now. I think they've changed their name. It's the VIP room for those. Well, who, you know, whatever it is. It's like the and, private and, area and, with and the Troy high had his hat and shirt, shirt and bears and whatever else we had. And one other person tells him, that's just sitting there. 
said, I saw you on TV. And a Troy, of course, Troy ate that, ate that all up. You know, that's, hey, that, this guy didn't have the faintest idea. He of course, probably did see me on TV. With 70,000 people. He it's nice know. of him to mention it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, 85 Super Bowl is awesome. If you're just tuning in, this is uh, Pirate Radio Podcast. My dad, Lee D. We're talking about our sports memories, our sports experiences. And uh, this is one of my favorite stories, Dad. 1991. I'm at East Carolina University. The team is on the verge of one of the greatest college football seasons in history. I am going, telling you every week how crazy this is and how good the Pirates are, and it's a team of destiny. And I'm telling you, and back then in the early 90s, it was hard to get to a bowl game. There were just a handful of bowl games. ECU was an independent. There was no automatic bid. I mean, it was next to impossible. And I remember telling you, Dad, you know, East Carolina hadn't been to a bowl game since, I don't know, the 70s or whatever. You know, the Independence Bowl, maybe back to 79 or whatever. I said, they're going to a bowl game this year. They're, they're going to go to a bowl game. I remember having arguments with you about this. And what did you do? You were so convinced East Carolina wasn't going to a bowl game in 1991. What did you do? Do you remember? Well, I remember going down to Atlanta. No, 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 no. What was the? Do you remember what you said to me way before Peach Bowl? Any of that stuff. This is just in the middle of the season. No, you were so convinced East Carolina wasn't going to a bowl game. You're like, they're not going to a bowl game. Your team sucks. They've haven't been to a bowl game in ages. If they go to a bowl game, I'll pay it for all your expenses. No, that, that would. And be... then, and then I don't. He goes. In fact, I'm so convinced. You said you'll pay for all my expenses for every bowl game going forward. You remember that? I just sort of now that yes. you mention it, that would be the type of thing I would have said. Yes, yeah. it was the type of thing you said because you said it. <laughs> so lo and behold, of course, East Carolina gets to a New Year's Day bowl game. It's my third year in college at that point, and uh, you, I call you on the bet. You had to pay. We get room. I, I get a room in the Marriott. Mar- you didn't stay with me. You ended up going down, and I remember you covered my expenses. I went with my buddies, and I think my uh, roommate back then, Mark Helms, but. Uh, we went separately, but you did go to the Peach Bowl. You attended the ECU Peach Bowl in 19, January 1st, right. 1992, as I did. We just did it. We weren't there together at the same time, but you did live up to the, at least that side of the bed and cover my expenses. And it was crazy times. We tried to come visit you at the hotel, and it was restricted. You couldn't even get in. Could not get in. <laughs> uh, somehow, I got the room at the Marriott Marquis myself without your help. But I think I learned your resourceful ways. And then I called in some favors and got a, a room well, there. Well, your but sister lived down there at that time. so She was we, no help, was, Dad. She, no, no, I didn't say you said But I, I had something. We did something with her. Oh, I okay. can't remember. Yeah. But anyway, um, the, the irony in all this is what happened during the game? East Carolina was getting killed in the fourth quarter. That is, that's correct. And who gave up on the Pirates? And we, well, I, I think we, I think your mother had some sort of medical. Oh, here we go with the excuses. I've never heard that in 20, 30 years. Come on. No, you were cold. You're like, we left early and you missed the greatest comeback in well, college football history. That, that, that is very true. Uh, and from there Boys on, ECU went on to a number of bowl games. It's so many, in fact, you got tired of this bet. You're like, I'm not going to do this anymore. This is enough already. Mm-hmm. You remember about in the well, late nineties, but I remember going to uh, to Memphis with you. We did Memphis too. We did that the next year. Yeah, 
So you you got, but after a while, you 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 got tired of having to live up for this bet, live up to it. <laughs> but one of these days, we're gonna be back in a bowl game, and you're gonna owe me, buddy. <laughs> All expense paid trip, bowl trip. I got waiting for me if we get back to a bowl game. All right, that was a lot of fun. Uh, glad you were a part of the Peach Bowl that year. Um, and then you know, the, one of the cool things we did, in fact, got to see a Stanley Cup championship together in yeah. Raleigh with the Hurricanes. Probably called in some favors to some buddies again, Dad. Got, we got almost center ice tickets well, for that. Yeah, we had, uh, as you know, we had a. We actually, when the uh, PNC Arena or whatever they called it at that time, you know, started 2000, a group of us had a skybox. So we, we knew the people. Yeah, you, yeah, by then you were high rolling in Raleigh, hanging out with all the big shots, yeah, and you guys we, had the fifty half court, fifty yard line skybox at PNC Arena. Well, let, let, me, let me tell you, that, that, that was only the result of stupidity because they were out trying to sell skyboxes, and if anybody knows how these corporations work, uh, there's maybe a whole bunch of meetings before a decision could be made like that. We were sitting around a, a table. With a bunch of guys, bunch of guys, and said, "Sure, we'll buy, we'll buy the skybox." And and one of the, you ended up splitting it with a bunch of your friends. Yeah, a bunch of friends. Yeah. And uh, the the reason we had the one we had, it turned out to be center court, which we might have jumped at anyway, was because Andrew Sandman was a huge concert guy, and he wanted the venue. For all the concerts, because we had the skybox yeah, you get it for, for every, every event. event. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what a so great we had for, Yeah, the the it drove the banks crazy that we would these a bunch of jerks would have this box. You got that right. Have it. All right, but it was so when you guys found after a while after you know so many years you got almost tired of going to all these events well, it became, it became it was a job it was too many and it was a yeah. lot of it was a lot of money yeah i'm sure it was a lot of money so anyway it, but the the box was so good it went back to the, the to pnc they got it oh the PNC yeah. Bank. yeah the bank jumped on it yeah, yeah. all right the, but those were some fun times but stanley cup final we had a good time right. watching uh the hurricanes win a uh win a championship there too uh what was the, oh the other thing is kind of came full circle it was a couple years ago I now have tickets to the Chicago Bears. The Bears were in the playoffs, first time, a home playoff game, first time in a long time. And I got to take you to Chicago with me as my guest yeah. to sit in, our, in my seats for that playoff game, which was an incredible weekend. Just an amazing weekend, an awesome game, if it wasn't for the jerk field goal kicker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a double doink game. But the, the best thing was we I got to take you, you know, for all the cool things yeah. you got to do that I got to do with you throughout my childhood and really sometimes even adulthood, uh, I was finally able to at least pay you back one time. Well, as I say, it is unfortunate that that and the we were standing right underneath the field uh, the goalpost it was right coming right at us yeah and that is really basically what you remember of the weekend unfortunately yeah that <laughs> you can still see that ball bounce twice off the uh, goalpost which is such a shame because we had so much fun actually tailgating ahead of time with all the people up in Chicago we had such a great family dinner the night before. It's just it, if that game could have just ended differently, it would have a yeah. total different memory. But uh, still, a great weekend that we got to participate in. So you look back at it, man. Super Bowl, 
national championship, Final Four, Olympic torch, New Year's Day bowl game, Stanley Cup final. I Look, some people would be lucky to do any one of these things. Not only am I fortunate I got to do all of these things, I got to do them with you, and that's what makes it so special. Well, as I, as I said, you know, doing it doing it with a child, doing it with a child that totally appreciated what you were doing, you know, it made it all worthwhile. We got incredibly lucky on some of these things, but maybe, you know, I put myself in position to be lucky. It's hard to say. You create your own luck, as they say. Yeah. And, and look, I think this is partly the reason why I'm in the, the, the sports media business, because of this background and the things I was exposed to early on, and I love sports. But you, you were... It's not like you grew up in the sport. You know, you you were in the truck. For folks that don't know, you were in the truck part business. You sold truck parts, right? Yeah, but yeah. you you still you grew up with a typical kid sports background where we played. And I, I, I when I was a teenager, I worked for the White Sox. Uh, you I, did? I, oh yeah, I, I, I made it. To, What'd you do for I, them? You, we so we I they we could sell cokes. We oh, okay. we, we were one of the vending guys oh, yeah. that walked around. And a cute story. In the, this was in the early fifties, I think, or the mid mid fifties. Uh, the Yankees came in for a doubleheader. I'll bet you, I made forty or fifty dollars one Sunday doubleheader mm-hmm. in. In the, in the early to mid fifties, I, I thought I'd never have to work again because that was a that was a that lot, was of, money a lot of money. It's a lot of money now. Uh, <laughs> look, I'd like to make that much today. <laughs> All right. Uh, so anyway, you had a great career in Raleigh. You're retired now. For folks that don't know, you're 81 years old now, which is hard to believe. I wish you wouldn't have mentioned that. All right, but that's but, but All I think right. I think you have a great one. Of your, you have many quotes, Dad. But one of the ones I will always remember is. Everybody gets old, but you can be immature forever. Well, that was one of my a, favorite Lee D quotes that's right there. True. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, you know, and look, it wasn't just sports. I did, I worked for you as a kid too. Yeah. Uh, I worked in the warehouse. Now, here, this, I wish every kid growing up could work in a warehouse in the South with no air conditioning for an entire <laughs> summer. Because you want to talk about <laughs> paying your dues. Uh, and if this wasn't the typical thing, oh, let's look after the, the boss's kid. I think I got hazed because I was the boss's kid. Uh, it was, and I only got minimum wage. It wasn't like I was making some great money. Minimum wage back then was like four thirty-five an hour to ship gears and truck parts and axles and transmissions across the country and globe. Uh, that was an incredibly like hard job, but it learned. I learned a lot. I learned a lot of work ethic doing working in a warehouse. In fact, I, you know, I came here and it's all I knew. So I ended up working at Overton Sporting Goods, their warehouse the yep. first summer because I was like, well, all I know is a warehouse. Let's go work at a warehouse again. And theirs was like super clean and neat and air conditioned. I thought I had died and gone to heaven. <laughs> Yours was like a hellhole. <laughs> but uh, but it was it built, you know, a lot of character, Dad, you know. Well, you guys were up there in the fancy offices in the air condition. We were busting our butts in the warehouse. Well, it wasn't. It was an old Quonset building. It wasn't exactly fancy offices, but uh, <laughs> compared to what we had. But anyway, those were some fun times too. Dad, uh, great seeing you here. Welcome back to uh, Greenville for a little while. Good, glad you could visit us in our, our studios while you're here. Any final thoughts before we wrap this thing up for you? Well, no. I. It, 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 this is lovely going back. Uh, I know, I know all these all these present memories. Uh, it was a nice treat. Didn't uh, didn't anticipate it, but uh, 
this is great and i wish you all well and love you all right well thank you buddy i love you too and uh great sports experiences with my dad lee d and if you're out there listening hey make sports doesn't always have to be something spectacular sometimes just as i said some of my favorite stuff was just going out playing tennis on the weekends with you or playing soccer too i think we were fortunate to be able to attend all these events but I think the stuff that means the most is the stuff we did, you know, together, actually activities and stuff. So that's cool. And hopefully folks listening will be able to do that with their kids and uh, are doing that with their kids because it makes a difference. And it's the stuff your kids will remember when they become adults. And that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Pirate Radio podcast with my dad, Lee D, as we take a look back at some of the cool experiences we got to experience together over the past 50 years. And until we greet you next time with another show, thanks for listening. I'm Troy D. What a great episode today of the Pirate Radio podcast with Troy D and his special guest, his dad, Lee D. Special thanks to our sponsor, White Claw Hard Seltzer. Look for White Claw at your favorite retailer next time you're out shopping. White Claw Hard Seltzer is available in five fruit flavors, has two grams of carbs, is gluten-free, and only has 100 calories. And nothing tastes quite like it. We'll be back very soon with another edition of the Pirate Radio Podcast. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in your Apple Store. You can also visit our website at pr927fm.com and follow us on social media at pr927fm to keep up with the latest news and information. Until next time, have a great day, everyone. You have been listening to the Pirate Radio Podcast, brought to you by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Nothing tastes quite like it. Visit WhiteClaw.com today. White Claw Hard Seltzer, proudly distributed by Coastal Beverage. Please drink responsibly. The Pirate Radio Podcast is an exclusive presentation by Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation.